We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into episode number 188 of Greatest Pod in the South. I'm Neil McCready, J.G. Tate with me today as well. We're taping this on a Wednesday this week. Mondays had just gotten to where, for both of us, it just was really hard. We had this really small window of time to get it done, and sometimes we did, and sometimes we didn't. And Wednesday, I think, is going to work better. I, I'm, I don't know about Jay. Well, I guess I'll ask Jay in a second. But for me, I've gotten, I've gotten where the bulk of my work is done by Wednesday at about noon. In terms of like all the production, because we, we do so many podcasts and stuff, and then there's no, we don't have any availability with Ole Miss players or coaches after Tuesday, other than Kiffin on the SEC teleconference, and that's it. So uh, anyway, um, I'm Neil McCready. JG, take with me as well. Jay, how are you? I'm great. I haven't heard gunshots in hours. I think I might have heard some this morning around eight thirty, but I'm gooder than that. And uh, it's a pretty day finally. It rained here for like ten straight days. May have really? been wet in Oxford as well. I don't know. Um, we got rain one night, but no, it didn't. All that all that rain went south of us. Like Jackson, Mississippi, got hit really hard, and they're dealing with their yeah, water water bad. situation, which is bad. It's a bad story. Like, it's, is it really really bad? It's really really bad. Like, I think I think Fed's going to have to step in, or some someone's going to have to step in because it's an absolute mess. Well, like. So our friends that live in Madison are they affected by this? No, they're okay. This is just downtown Jackson. Okay. Okay. Well, man, that sucks, dude. Because our friends at Cathead are down there. Yeah, they're down there. They're they are. I would guess, from a business standpoint, uh, dealing Affected. with this today. Yes, dealing with this. All right, cool. Well, we love our friends at Cathead, Major in particular, because he's the guy Absolutely. we've known. We love. Absolutely. Uh, an absolute legend in the in the space, and a guy who's taught me a lot about how to market yourself because he's really good at what he does. I'll tell you that. Uh, anyway, it's great to be here on Greatest Part of the South, episode number 188, the last show of the pre We'll have football for the next, what, three months? Yeah. Three plus. As, as we tape this, we've got uh, – I know we're going to talk about Vanderbilt and their incredible performance in week one <laughs> as Vanderbilt declares itself a national contender. Uh, but, yeah, the, everybody else gets started. Uh, a couple of teams like Missouri and Tennessee get started on Thursday, then everybody else plays on Saturday. So, yeah, we've got football finally. Yeah, this is this is really good news. Uh, I guess the big news I want to hit first, Neil McCready, is the fact that Alan Green is out as athletic director at Auburn, uh, which I think everyone who's a fan of a team in the SEC that's not Auburn is probably looking around saying, yeah, not surprised to hear this because uh, Auburn is kind of like leads the world in dumpster fires. Is that fair to say, Neil McCready? Um, lately, yeah. I, like, <laughs> Come on, bro. I, I, I looked at it and – and you, you and I were talking before we got started, and um, I do a show twice a week with Tyler Siski, who used to be an assistant at Alabama, at Ole Miss, at South Alabama. He went to Auburn, um, transferred to Troy to finish his football career. His wife went to Auburn, so he, he's he's like really, I mean, he feels a lot of emotion about Auburn. He was he was unhappy with the way that it played out. Um, I didn't really know how it played out. It he, he was not happy with the timing of it you were kind of clarifying that a little bit in a way that I did not really know. I knew that he, that, that, that Alan green resigned, but it sort of felt like a forced resignation from 30,000 feet away, but maybe, maybe it's different than that. Yeah. I think it's a little different than that. Honestly, I think the timing does sting for Auburn, but I think a part of that is our big part of that is Alan. 
they have been, so we got a new president in the winter, uh, whatever, in February or March when he started. And then there was like this period of time where the new president was kind of feeling Allen out to see if he wanted to extend him because his contract ran out at the end of the year. And ultimately the president elected not to extend his contract. So he was kind of like non-tendered, which means Allen was allowed to play out the string, so to speak. He could stay until December, but that was when it would be over. There wasn't going to be any uh, gold to the end of the rainbow for him. So he needed to find another gig. And I think it was up to him, up to Allen as to when he was going to leave. And so he left right before the season started, which I do think is a stinger for Auburn in a way. But that was his choice for the most part. Now, the whole overall thing is not his choice. But ultimately, Neil, he's a good dude. I think everybody, even the ones that, that rag on Allen, like him. He's a good person. I just don't think he was a very good fit at Auburn because he didn't lead for the front. And also, he just was not able to get in or gain the trust of the important people behind the scenes at Auburn. And that's just the, the facts. Remind me before we... Uh... I can't do it here, but before you and I disconnect, I need to tell you something I've heard about um, who might be his uh, oh. replacement, which which makes me wonder um, how far along is Auburn in terms of searching for a replacement? Right. Good I question. Would assume, I would assume they want to get that done quickly, but I could be wrong in that assumption. Well, there's a couple different ways of thinking about this. I th- they have uh, given Marcy Girton, uh, she is the interim AD right now. She was simply number two. Uh, and, you know, she was Allen's top lieutenant. So I think mm-hmm. that's why she's doing it. Although she's done a great job at Auburn. She's been here a while. But I think some people would like to go ahead and get a full-time person, long-term solution in place. There's other, some other people that would like to get a medium-term person in place to just kind of shepherd through this particular situation that's brewing here at Auburn. And then maybe look for another AD a couple years down the road or whatever. So This situation being, being Brian Harson. Brian Harson, right. This is not going well, Neil. Um, I think he's a good football coach, but they're not recruiting very well and they're behind schedule big time on the recruiting front. I think they have eight commits and I know asking an old Miss Rider cause Lane and his staff are so good in the portal. <laughs> Auburn is not. So it's kind of a different paradigm, but Auburn's still playing the game of let's get a bunch of high school kids and we'll develop them in a traditional way. And they have eight commits right now. And I mean, yeah, Georgia you know, and Alabama are getting what they want and Auburn's not. All right, so here's the question that I have, and, and people have taken this. I can see where Auburn people would take this the wrong way, but it's 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 not meant over the course of time, history, Auburn has been an elite job. It's a great job. They've won national championships. They've competed for national championships. They've won three Heisman trophies, if I'm right. Um, they they've it's It's an elite job. But if they don't change this perception that, the boosters are running it and that the boosters will, for, will, 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 and again, I'm, I'm referring to this as a perception. If the boosters are running it and it's a coup is, is just right around the corner all the time. You, you, you're not as caught up on NIL perhaps as you should be at a place like Auburn with the changing landscape. Um, you've got your two, your, your two big rivals are dominating the sport. Right now, one has dominated it for 15 years, basically, and, and, and Georgia certainly looks like a monster right now. Yes. Um, given all of that, how good of a job is it today? I know if you rank jobs right over the last 30 years, Auburn's a top 10 job. But today, what what is that job? And then if it's if my assumption is right that, boy, people look at it and go, yeah, it could be a great job, but I don't know. How does Auburn make it a great job again? Great question. I think as it stands right now, Auburn's a top 20 job. It's in that 10 to 20 range. Uh, Auburn has a lot of money. Auburn has a huge alumni base. And I also think Auburn as a a school, as a university, has taken huge steps forward. Uh, When we were covering it back when we first started here, I thought Auburn was a fairly ugly school. And I would know about ugly schools because I'm a UK graduate. When I was in the UK, it was hideous. Auburn wasn't too much ahead of that. I look at Auburn now when I go around campus, they have done so many capital improvements over there. It is a beautiful, beautiful place to just walk around and hang out in. Auburn as a brand is really taking some huge steps forward. Um, and a lot of the mismanagement we've seen on the athletic side, not I'm not talking about Alan Green, but just generally, uh, has not been happening on the university side. So Auburn as a rule, as a whole enterprise, is, is a happy, progressing place. I mean, it's just getting nicer all the time. So from that perspective, I think it is a good job. The recruiting has been bad. 
for a good little while now. And it's going to take somebody to come in here and get some dudes in here and do the kind of job like what Hugh Freeze did at Ole Miss and stock it up with dudes that can play football at a high level. I do think Auburn needs a certain kind of person to be the football coach here. And I don't think it's a job that works great for a majority of coaches. You've got to be someone who can come in here and take command of a confusing situation behind the scenes. You know, when you and I were young reporters here at Auburn, there was a guy named Bobby Louder who was kind of like the one that was running things. Yes. There is not a Bobby Louder right now. There's not one person. Uh, there's a few different blocks. And I'd honestly believe that the people involved in those blocks are good folks. They're Auburn folks. They want Auburn to be good. They're just having some difference of opinion. So Auburn needs a cult of personality type person to come in here, a really strong personality who understands how to manage politics to handle it. And I don't even think Tub, if you could reincarnate Tommy Tuberville, I still don't think he would be quite enough. He's a great politician. I don't think he's strong enough. So you really need someone who has that larger than life personality. 10 years ago, you and I would have laughed at the idea that Auburn basketball would be worth a shit at all because they were absolute dog water for a generation, right? You get Bruce um, Pearl in here. Bruce Pearl's got, he's got what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, he's sure. an incredible carnival barker. He's a sure. really good, has a great, great for eye for talent. He knows how to run a program and get everybody fired about it. And I sure. look at Auburn. Auburn's a top, what, 15 program? For sure. Right now. Yes. And as long as BP's there, I think they'll stay there. They need someone like that. Now, how many guys are there out there like that? I don't know. I don't know. Let me but, ask you. Let me throw a name at you. We've You've heard this name before. I think you're going to hear it again. There's no doubt in my mind. I don't know that he's getting a job, but I think you're going to hear his name because if nothing else, people around him are going to push his name. What about Hugh Freeze? I certainly think it's possible. I wonder a little bit, Neil, if that last little scandal, if you want to call it, that he had where he was kind of like messaging uh, a victim on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. That, wasn't, that wasn't a huge story like some of the other stuff he's done is. But man, I don't know. That was kind of creepy. I, I didn't. That was a I've, bad look. I've told people this, and I mean this sincerely. People think I'm I'm saying this in a in a um, I don't know, like a headline kind of grabbing sort of way. I'm not. If I'm if I'm Auburn or any other SEC or Big Ten school thinking about Hugh Freeze, Hugh's a hell of a coach. The job that he did at Ole Miss, building on the field at the beginning, was incredible, man. I mean, like what he was able to do in recruiting, and people can go, well, they cheated or whatever. Number one, that's it's way too simplified. And number two, now it's legal to cheat. So what difference does it damn make? Um, where he got in trouble was he can't put his phone away. If I'm if, if I'm Auburn or anybody else, like no, he's that guy that he he searches his own name on Twitter. Um, if I'm Auburn or anybody else thinking about hiring him, one of the rules is we handle your Twitter account. Interesting. And I think if you took that away from him and let him just go focus, the guy's a, a great recruiter. He's a very good coach. Look at the job he's done at Liberty. Um, he, he's he's very good. But, boy, the, the the whole Twitter thing gets him in trouble. I mean, it really does. Because I think the thing with the – like what happened at Ole Miss, I think now enough water has passed under the bridge and the league's had enough scandals since then to bury that one. And we have short memories anyway. And And – I think he could recover from that, but he can't keep searching his name on Twitter. You know, I thought of something. Uh, I was talking to one of Auburn's uh, big-time guys uh, behind the scenes the other day, and he said, uh, you know, when, when you're thinking about the next AD at Auburn, I care about what this person has done since July 1st, 2021, because the world changed forever in college athletics. And I don't care if you were great on May 31st, 2021, I just don't give a shit because I want someone who's shown they can get it done now. Yes, sir. Absolutely. It's a totally different deal. It's, it's, it's like, it's just NCA 2.0 now. I mean, it's just, you just made new rules. You threw out an old book and brought in a new book and go, these are the rules effective. Now figure it out. Go bye. See ya. And so being great now, I think is from an AD perspective is it's a wholly different roadmap now. You got to go, I would think, young, energetic, connected. If you're trying to be great or if you want to have someone who you can control, maybe not, right? Yeah, so that's, my, that's kind of my thing about Auburn, right? So if you're the guy that's thinking about taking the job, I got to know what's more important here, being great or being connected? Well, that's, that's a great question. You know, that's the question Auburn needs to ask itself. Hey, hey, listen, that's happened at Ole Miss now. 
And I'm not saying Ole Miss is great because they're not great yet. They're, they're trying to get there, but they're not there yet. But I will say this, when they hired Lane Kiffin, they essentially announced, okay, you know what? Being connected and getting into the coach's office and going to the practice and all that stuff, that just doesn't matter anymore. We just want to win. Take it. Go, well, go. Take it. Go win. Lane has made good on that, right? I mean, Ole Miss is uh, getting so far, out yeah, I, mean, I mean, so far, you know, he got here in, in December of 19, and, and uh, I don't think he was in a great personal space at that point. And then the pandemic hit, and um, everything, as you well know, got super weird for a long time. And then uh, by the time they could bring recruits in, the world had changed with NIL and with the transfer portal. And um, he, you know, he did a phenomenal job last season with that team, and, and they – I mean, we'll see how it's going to play out because they are they went heavy on the transfer portal, so heavy on the transfer portal. Absolutely. And, and have dudes from just everywhere on the roster playing big <laughs> roles. I mean, I mean, no joke. I mean, they've got guys that are going to take the field on Saturday playing big roles from – and I'm going to leave schools out. I'm, tr- I'm going to try to name them all. USC, Auburn, Mississippi State, uh, Central Michigan, um, Charlotte, uh, all over. See, I'm forgetting Western Kentucky. Everywhere, just it's it's all over the place, and Missouri, um, everywhere, just dudes from from all over the place. I mean, he, Lane commented one day in practice he was watching a, a a skeleton drill seven on seven rep, and he's like, "Oh, look at that! There's a kid from Auburn guarding a kid from Mississippi State, and they're playing for us now." They played for Auburn and Mississippi State last year, mm-hmm. last fall. It was Ladarius Tennyson guarding uh, Malik Heath. And you look around, and he's got a bunch of those guys. And so one of the big storylines here this year is, okay, you got you got talent, but can you get it all to play together and gel? And no one knows the answer to that yet. What's uh, what's Lord Tennyson playing? Is he nickel? Um, Ole Miss put out a very interesting depth chart. Um, on, uh, on Monday that, that showed two things. One, they didn't want to do a depth chart, and two, they were not about to reveal a lot of things in said depth chart. He was just listed as a defensive back. That's okay. What he was, but Ole Miss is uh, a plan. According to the depth chart, Ole Miss is planning to go with 12 defenders at once. So um, That's not bad. If you can get away with it, that's going to change the game. If you can guard 11 with 12, you're going to have a shot. You know, I'm down here in Montgomery, Alabama, and Troy is about – 30 miles south of me. I was actually at Troy, as I mentioned on the Jeep, last Jeep Pits episode a couple of weeks ago. And uh, the people down there, I have a lot of friends that are Troy fans, Troy graduates, go to the Troy games. They're very optimistic about this season. Now, I don't necessarily think they're optimistic about this trip to Vaught Hemingway, but I think they really are expecting Troy to go to Ole Miss and fight and and mm-hmm. keep this thing within, you know, I mean, 12 points or something like that. But I'm telling you, th- there's a lot of optimism at Troy right now, so. Yeah, should be. Listen, I'm a big John Summerall fan. Uh, yeah, John coached at, he coached at Ole Miss before he uh, he left to go to Kentucky, where he did a great job there. And um, you know, I think in a world where Mark Stoops left to say go to Iowa, I think John would be on the short list at, at Kentucky to replace him. I mean, he's he's really well thought of. So, uh, Troy's Mark good. To Iowa. Hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, that it's would hurt Kentucky, rumor. man. That would hurt. It's one of the rumors out there that Kirk Ferentz is near the end, and that Stoops would be on the. Super short list. Well, rest in peace. Kirk Ferentz, I've never understood. I feel like he's just solid, and he gets paid a shitload of money, and I, I've never understood it, but whatever. I'm not an Iowa person. Uh, something I want to run by you, Neil. You probably mentioned this in the OEP, but I, I need to I need to hear more about it. Uh, there is growing concern uh, among the world of ADs and administrators in the college game about this transition from NIL to pay for play. <laughs> uh, it's coming. There are huge contracts being negotiated right now, multimedia contracts. And Neil and I both separately have gotten the feeling from talking to administrators. And I think you you have some sources that are more like in the legal field. And I don't, but that the players are going to either officially or unofficially unionize. And then they're going to ask for a percentage of those multimedia rights, because really let's be real. They're the stars of the show. And I know you've been a big proponent of players getting paid. I think NIL was probably more of your initial vision, but the next step is these kids are going to get paid a certain amount of money out of this contract. And um, Matt Hayes had an interesting column on Saturday down South where he said, you know, the median stipend 
uh, for cost of attendance for these football players is around $5,500. So some people are getting less, some people are getting more, but around 5,500 per student athlete. If you multiply that times the uh, 11,000 football scholarship players there are in the bowl subdivision, that's $61 million going toward those stipends, which works out to about 1.2% of the $5 billion we're talking about in these multimedia deals. I mean, for comparison's sake, in the NFL, the players get somewhere in the mid-40s of the percentage, and then college athletes is 1.2. I mean, it's it's embarrassingly low, Neil, and it's going to change. It is absolutely going to change. So the whole unionized thing is really interesting because I've had people tell me that it's just a matter of time before the players become employees, which let them unionize. Uh, it lets it gets more control. Like no, I, I think I don't think anybody likes the idea of the players being able just to transfer and transfer and transfer. I, right. I think that's, that's just viewed as just too much chaos. Um, but these TV deals are coming. The Big Ten just got theirs. The SEC is working on it. The, the, it was announced today, I believe, that the Big 12, I think it was Dennis Dodd, to give credit where credit's due, uh, that the Big 12 is about to go ahead and open up their negotiating window, which will do two things. It'll let them work out a new TV deal, and it also will free up Oklahoma and Texas to to bolt or early if they choose to. Because they want them out too, right? Yeah, I think everybody wants out. I mean, that, that not to we'll get back to the other topic. Oklahoma and Texas staying in the Big 12 is a divorced couple deciding that they're going to stay in the same house until the kids leave. And on paper, that makes some sense. And then when reality, it doesn't when she brings home a boyfriend and <laughs> he brings home a girlfriend and the kids are like, hey, what do we do? What, what's the deal here? And it's too awkward. And so, yeah. yeah, they want them out. And Texas and OU, I think, I think they both want to get out, although I think both are looking around at the landscape, Texas looks around particularly at the landscape and goes, we would get our ass kick right now in the SEC. And I think Oklahoma fears some of the same thing. So they might be trying to drag their feet a little bit, but, but regardless, all that stuff is happening and the players that are involved are going, it's, it's not, it's not a matter of if it's when they're, they're going to look at this and go, okay. So each school's getting $85 million a year in revenue off games that we play on television to entertain if we don't play there is no game we want some of that we want our piece of that pie i think it's gonna happen i mean their piece is 1.2 percent right now yeah they're gonna want a bigger piece than that and yeah i think so yeah and and here's the other thing about nil and i don't know anybody really cares about this right so i've got three shows that we do at at mpwdigitalrebelgrove.com with Ole Miss players and in all of those, the show is sponsored by a business, okay? So the players get paid an appearance fee by the business to come and do the show on my network, and in that show, we advertise for the business. That's what NIL was supposed to be. NIL was name, image, likeness. NIL was jersey sales, right? If, if who's the most popular player at Auburn? I guess we'll, we'll use Cam Newton more number two. Cam or number two? Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. So when when Cam was playing at Auburn that year and every little boy in a blue jersey was had number two on it, it wasn't because they all just suddenly loved the number two. It was they, they liked Cam. Sure. They wanted, they wanted to be Cam. And so Cam should have, in an ideal world, would have gotten a cut of that because they're buying the number two jersey because of him, That's not right. because of the, the, the fabric. They weren't just going, oh, this is a really nice light. No, they, they wanted that. They wanted, they wanted to be Cam Newton. They wanted to go home after the game, and on Sunday afternoon when they're playing in the yard, they're, they're Cam Newton wearing their Cam Newton Auburn jersey. Well, Cam should have gotten a cut of that. That was NIL. What we have now is not NIL. We have guys that are signing deals with the collectives, and they're just getting paid. They're not do- If you say, well, what, what are they doing for the collective? Uh, every once in a while they retweet. Okay, come on. That's that. That's not NIL. So let's just get rid of that. You can still have NIL on top of the other, but call it what it is. It's pay for play. <laughs> they're, they're, they're signing to pay, play at School X. They're getting paid as long as they play. And then what's happening with the pay for play? Exactly what you would think. The ones who get there and produce get more. But they want their cut of the multimedia rights deal, which they're not getting right now. They're not getting it now, and they're, they're, they're going to want that cut, and I think they're going to get that cut. But the, question is, the question is, do they have to become employees where they can unionize to get that cut, or can they unionize without being employees? 
this will take a few years to settle out, but they're going to get that money. And another reason why, if you're hiring an AD today at Auburn or anywhere else, you better hire somebody who is familiar with the current landscape legally and and with what's going on behind the scenes. And you 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 better you better hire somebody who can put together a, a staff of of people who can navigate this this uh, changing world too, because it's changing fast, man. Absolutely, J- uh, July first, two thousand twenty-one. Whatever you did before that doesn't matter anymore. As an AD, not as a football coach. Although yeah. football coaches need to up their game too, big time. Hey, if I'm hiring a football coach today, I'm asking questions. I mean, yeah, sure, well, you 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 won in twenty whatever, but hey, how how have you navigated since July one, twenty twenty one? How have you changed the way yeah. that you do what you do? Uh, something else you and I were talking about in the pregame uh, show here, and I was very interested in. You thought that a natural transition from a subject would be to go from this pay for play to this legislation that's going to be proposed about tampering where teams are going to try to start using NIL during the season to try to pull in guys that are overperforming at smaller or other schools. Right. Yeah, dude, it's, it's happening. It's happening now. It's about to happen even more. I mean, if you're, if you're uh, John Summerall at Troy and you've got a couple of young guys that you put in the lineup and they start playing well, you have two thoughts. One, this is awesome, man. He's kicking ass. Two, how in the hell are we going to keep him? If you're at a school, let's say you're at Missouri, school that doesn't have a ton of NIL money, and a guy at Missouri steps up and becomes a star, like they've got that young wide receiver that everybody loves who's a big-time player. I can't think of his name right now, but um, he starts kicking ass. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's stopping, you know, the Georgias and Alabamas and Ohio States and Tennessees of the world from, you know, kind of reaching out to high school coaches and stuff going, hey, just FYI. You know, we could we could put together seven figure NIL deal. Get that done by I don't know, just you know, randomly thinking of a date, January first. Uh, <laughs> we could, could do that. I mean, what's what's stopping that? I think That's it happens. It happens already. It's happening now, and so the the, the whole we're going to have tampering legislation. How are you going to prove it? There's Very so different. many ways. There's so many ways around tampering legislation. I just I just think that's the next thing in in college football and i think that's going to that's the the part that i'm really interested in with that is for fans when fans know that like you're a fan of troy 
and you go to the Troy game, say against Ole Miss, and some running back scares the hell out of the Rebels and he tears it up. When you find out three or four weeks later that it starts getting whispered that, hey, he's transferring to Alabama in January, they, they're, they're putting a big NIL deal together for him. Do you, can you even enjoy it the way you used to? And it also makes me wonder about the coaching a little bit, Neil, where John Summerall's at Troy right now and you know, a place where Larry Blakeney for, you know, what, a generation and a half was so good and kicked out so many really talented players that a job like that now might be far less valuable because for the reasons you're, you're, you're annotating right there, that you, you recruit shrewdly, you develop shrewdly, and then your guys go to Alabama or Auburn or Ole Miss or whatever, and then you're out yep. again. And it hurts you as a coach. And when the kid comes to you and goes, hey, coach, I'm, I'm going into the portal, and you say, why? And the kid goes, they put together a $500,000 NIL. I mean, I don't know how you don't look at that kid and go, hey, I get it, bud. I love you, man. <laughs> I love you. Do you need I'm some glad. help moving that couch? Because, yeah. you know, I get it. It's just the, it's, it's the nature of the thing. And it's also, Jay, the part of the college football deal to kind of put this all in, in one big bow. If you're an SEC team, you're Auburn, you're Tennessee, and you get this TV deal and the players get a cut of it, well, the players that play in the Sun Belt are not getting that cut. And all of a sudden, when you, there's an SEC opportunity for you to go as a player, you go. It, about, it, further, it further widens the divide. We're headed to these two super conferences and yeah. maybe one or two other like minor league conferences, and everybody else is SOL, I think. I, think I, don't know, I don't know whether that's in two years or five years, but I think it's absolutely coming. Yeah, 10 years, no matter what, it'll be like that. Yeah, I think so for sure. And the coaching paradigm changes too, because five years from now, we'll would a John Summerall, let's say, you know, whoever the equal person is five years from now, is he willing to go to Troy and work his way up? Or is he going to stay at a bigger school as a coordinator and then jump to a head coaching job instead of, would they want to eschew a smaller level team? Oh, I don't know. I think I think you still those jobs would still be attractive, like for a Kane Womack or a John Summerall, where the, you're you're at one of those jobs where if you show that you know how to navigate the landscape at one level, um, yeah, I think you know if you you could say, hey, this same guy could come to, if you left South Alabama to go to Auburn, for example. If you can manage this at South Alabama, well, then certainly you'd be able to manage it pretty effectively at Auburn because you'd have more resources. And then those guys are going to have to raid people below them. So, like, Kane's going to go to, like, Mississippi College and find their best player. or Of course. You know, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, so well. And, and, you know, at those places, it's going to be for that level of player, um, you know, even competing. They're going to cannibalize themselves, competing inside the same league. If you're, you're South Alabama and you play Old Dominion and the quarterback at Old Dominion looks like a gazillion bucks, but maybe, <laughs> he, maybe he's not quite good enough to play at the SEC level, but he – tear it up for you now you put together an nil deal for him that's twenty thousand dollars more than what he was making at old dominion and he's on his way uh they don't cost a, a gazillion dollars but they sure do taste like it cathead distillery makes some of the most delicious spirits and other delicious refreshments that can be found throughout the southeast and beyond their newest product is spreading like wildfire throughout the swimming pools shindigs and get-togethers of my locale and yours especially the, the pool closest to me about six doors down because every time i go there there's usually a six-pack of Cathead Sparkling there. The sparkling vodka cocktail and a colorful aluminum vessel, 5% ABV, 100 calories, and is always gluten-free, sugar-free, and vegan. Cathead Sparkling comes in eight packs with four different flavors. There's actually eight now if you're lucky enough to find these new summer flavors. But the traditional ones are limeade, strawberry lemonade, mandarin satsuma, and the cranberry. The new ones include mango, raspberry, cucumber, and pineapple. Mm. We always have our little uh, pack soft pack of at least four cathead sparklings when we go there. I usually use one to finish off. My wife just likes to drink them. Like that's her normal thing to drink all the time. And I use it kind of to finish it off with. It's, it's a very crispy, refreshing beverage. I'll tell you that. And who would you trust more to put vodka in a drink like that than cathead distillery who've been making vodka, delicious vodka for so dang long. You can find those in grocery stores, convenience stores and liquor outlets near you. Cathead of course, always made waves in the vodka space with their vodkas, including their ubiquitous cat honeysuckle. You can also find the bitter orange these days and the pecan, the green cat, if you get lucky. Uh, they always go well with a great cocktail. Neil McCready and, and Gabe, years ago, convinced mm -hmm. me that delicious cocktails are worth my time, and I would completely agree. 
Cathead vodkas certainly can play a, a central role in a great cocktail, many of them. Cathead's bourbons, probably what I favor myself a little bit, are excellent as well. You know about the 90-proof uh, Old Soul, but their single-barrel Old Soul at 109 proof is a terrific standalone pour, one of my all-time favorites. Also, you can find that sometimes you can find that seven-year 119-proof tin-type series, which I have in my uh, wall of fame behind me. It's one of my five favorite bourbons. Uh, also, I once found uh, some of that 13-year-old out in the uh, open in, Lo- in Lexington, I should say, and I was very fired up to get it. Look, you need Cathead in your life. Seek out their Cathead Sparkling or any of their fine spirits next time you're out. If your favorite bar or restaurant doesn't carry Cathead, make a request. Ask them to carry Head because life is better with Cathead in it. Do what you got to do, Neil McCready, and get that Cathead. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. You uh, continue to knock that out. It's, it's very good. I like that. We're also brought to you about Pinnacle. Pinnacle's based in Madison, Mississippi. They've got clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states as well. They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much, much more. To learn more, go to mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. Both uh, Jay and I have uh, used John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis, Why? Well, because he knows the extra attention that's needed to make a special trip, one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. Get in touch with John. What you do, just give him some parameters. Give him a budget that's important. It's important for you to give him a budget instead of going, all right, well, how cheap can I do this? Or I'm I'm waiting to get, no, just give him a budget and uh, sit back and do nothing. Chill out. Have a cat head. Have a pour of vodka or maybe uh, one of the the, uh, cat head seltzers. Mm. Whatever. Whatever you want to do, just chill out. John's going to come up with options that you're probably not going to find on your own. And you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of the services. Not that there's anything wrong with living in Memphis. If you do, it's fine. But you don't have to. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients will save $50 off their first booked trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. Speaking of Memphis, I've got the uh, Memphis News on in here for some reason. I don't know why. And they are absolutely making the most of a uh, police shooting and suspect on the run. It appears that the suspect has crashed his or her car, and the police are now there. It's been it's been dramatic television. Wow. The officer, the officer, by the way, appears to be in stable condition. I otherwise would not have played played with the uh, the, the Memphis News. Yes. Yes. Uh, I was in the salon today. Not a lot of guys, not a lot of straight guys can tell you that. Um, I was in the salon today and my gal, Emily, who works on my hair, uh, she is getting married and she's already starting to think about her honeymoon. Yeah. And she said, you know, I know you and Courtney go down to the Caribbean a lot. You know, had she had a lot of questions about that. I told her, you know, it's a great time and all. And she goes, well, there's just so much that goes into that. And I said, guess what? I know a guy. I know a guy who can coordinate all that for you. She said, well, who is it? I said, his name is John Edwards. And uh, I don't have his number with me, but Courtney does. And she says, I'm going to text Courtney. I said, you need him. She said, he'll handle yeah. all the stuff. He'll get our reservations and our transportation. I said, he'll do all that and more. And then some. Because he knows stuff that you haven't even thought of as a 23-year-old gal, you know? So Yeah. Well, congratulations to her. I hope that this all works out. Sometimes yeah. these young kids don't realize. They don't understand, you know? But I, I've done what I can. <laughs> and if she doesn't choose wisely... <laughs> Whatever, it's up to you. Uh, Speaking of choosing wisely, Brian Kelly refuses to identify his starting quarterback. It's either going to be Jaden Daniels or Garrett Nussmeyer for the big showdown with the hated Seminoles of Florida State coming up for LSU. I think that's a Sunday night game, Neil? Sunday night, 630 ABC. Yeah. All right. So he he wants to be a little catty about who his quarterback's going to be. And then I, it reminded me that Ole Miss is doing that, but I think there might be a different motivation at Ole Miss, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know that Lane's being catty uh, with the whole Jackson Dart, Luke Altmaier thing. I just don't know that he knows yet, and or he knows and he's just not 100% sure. And look, all these decisions have you know ramifications, repercussions. You, you repercussions. Pick, say you pick Jackson Dart if you're Luke Altmaier. I mean, at that point, you got to think, hey, I'm, I'm not the guy. If I'm not the guy and he plays well, I'm not going to be the guy. Probably time for me to start looking around, hmm. figure out what my next move is. And if you're Luke Altmaier, do you want to play in more than four games this year as a backup? Because if you do, you lose a year of your eligibility. 
Or do you want to let this be your redshirt year and you hit the transfer portal and you play in some place in January at a new place? I don't know. And if it's if it's Luke and it's not Jackson, well, you, if you're Lane, you look like you kind of made a mistake in the evaluation in the portal. You brought this guy in and he wasn't good enough to beat out the guy you already had. Well, I, to me, that just means that Luke's been improving. Just as it I would. would expect from someone his age, you know? Sure. So. Yeah, yeah. they're both 19. The deal at Arizona, the deal at LSU is different because Nussmeyer and um, Daniels are a little bit older than that. But yeah, who knows? LSU's a wild card team, man. I, I, I know people. I don't ask know me, what to expect. Can Auburn beat them? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what they've got. I, I think my answer to that is, yeah, Auburn could beat them, and Auburn could lose to them. And I think that applies to about five teams in the SEC West that playing against each other. They're all sort of the same. You know, you're talking about Jackson Dart, and if it would have egg on his face for Lane if he doesn't pick him as the quarterback, dude. Auburn got a transfer from Texas A&M name, uh, Texas A&M name. name. Ugh, you know what I'm talking about? Zach Calzada, Texas A&M. Yeah, he finished third out of I three. I know. So Auburn took him, and he's not even in the competition. Very odd. Very odd times. Uh, Is listen, Calzada staying. That's a great question too. I mean, if he doesn't make up ground pretty quickly, Neil, I think he would have to jettison, right? I mean, there's no reason to be a third guy. I mean, not unless you just decide that, hey, I love it here and whatever. But yeah, if no, you want to play, if, if you want to play, you you can't stay. No. Not if you're not not anymore. You got to go. He's but from. He's a, used his, but he's used his transfer already. Yeah, whatever. They can find a way. He's from Greater Atlanta, so I don't know if that affects anything. I mean, he's closer to home now, I guess. But yeah, to finish, he's not even on the depth chart, bro. Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that time of year where we start talking about some actual football results. This yeah. is what I love. Uh, the Vanderbilt Commodores uh, had the first game in the SEC slate. Went to Honolulu, Hawaii. The Rainbow Warriors. Uh, well, they're just the Warriors, I guess. Led by Timmy Chang. Mm-hmm. And absolutely dominated them. Vanderbilt, 63-10 to victory in Honolulu. And now there's some talk, some speculation, Neil McCready, that Vanderbilt could go into their showdown game with Bammer. 4-0. They oh, could. Yeah. yeah. They got Elon and then who? That's a great question. I am going to be on my ranked app. I don't know. You guys can find this in the uh, in the Apple uh, app store, ranked college football. This is an app that was designed and completely created by one of our members over at AuburnSports.com, a guy named Jake G. Okay. Anyway, it's a great app. It has all the scores and all the lines and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. And I'm, that's actually what I'm using right now. Uh, They have Elon next week. Then they have Wake Forest, which will not be an easy one. But remember, Wake Forest's quarterback kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah, he could be out. Undisclosed medical condition that may be season ending. Then they've got NIU, Northern Illinois. And then they could be going to Bam Bam undefeated. Undefeated Vandy. Mm, I bet Alabama would be scared. Ooh, don't you know. Early action on that game actually right now has Alabama as a 37 and a half point favorite. <laughs> anyway, I mean, gonna be good. For, first of all, good for uh, good for Clark Lee. Oh hell and, yeah! You know, I mean, I, I like Clark. I was, I was, they 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 looked they looked dominant. I didn't see the game, but I've talked to people who watched it, and they looked dominant throughout pretty much after the first part of the first quarter or so. And good for them. I mean, yeah, look, they rushed for, they rushed for 600 yards. They were only eight and a half point favorite. They, they won by I mean, 53. So. They might scare somebody at some point this year. I mean, maybe. I mean, they were just such dog water last year. I don't know. But their quarterback went off. I mean, I'll tell you that. Mike Wright, 12 of 13 for 146 and two touchdowns through the air. Rushed for 163 yards and another two touchdowns. He's bringing it, man. They also have a tailback named Rocco Griffin. I like the sound of that. Rocco. Rocco. All right, let's go through this SEC schedule because there's some pretty good, good games coming up this weekend, yo. Yeah, uh, we'll lead it off with uh, Tennessee playing host to the hated Ball State Cardinals. That game's going to be on the SEC Network Thursday night at 6 o'clock Central. Mm-hmm. Tennessee is a 35-point favorite. It's a lot of points, um, but I'd probably – I can't remember if I'm laying them or not. We do picks on Thursday, and I've already done mine, and i got to go back and look. But um, – yeah, I mean, look, Tennessee's an interesting team because they've got Hendon Hooker back at quarterback and mm-hmm. they've got a bunch of dudes and um, they were pretty close to being really good last year. They were a play away from beating Ole Miss. They um, they were right there with Alabama for a while before that game kind of got squirrely at the, at the end. They, they, they showed some signs. So 
you know, they're they're one of the interesting teams in a league full of interesting teams. They're they're in it. Interesting. Josh Heupel, the head coach, doesn't look like a football coach to me. No. Uh, also on he Thursday night, he does that trash bag uh, look? Yeah, definitely. Like the made popular. Look, it doesn't make it doesn't make fat guys look less fat. It just makes you look big. Well, that's what Billichick does, right? I guess so. He kind of does that. Uh, also on Thursday night, the Missouri Tigers, the fight and Gabe DeArmonds are playing host to the Louisiana Tech Lady Texers. The game's going to be contested in Columbia. That's so uh, I'm sorry, Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. Uh, uh, Missouri, excuse me, is a 20-point favorite in that game. It's going to be on ESPNU, and it looks like it's going to be temperatures in the 70s at that point. So I'm definitely going to take Missouri in that one, I think. Are you going to take Missouri and lay those points? I think I'm taking Tech in the points. That's a lot of points, and and I won't be surprised if Louisiana Tech's in that game. I'm not sold on Mizzou at all. You should be. And Tech's got Sonny Cumbie. They're going to do that air raid, and they, they that can throw you off. Yeah, well, how Mummy used to run air raid, too, and sometimes they sucked. Well, that's uh, true. Get, get, <laughs> yeah, I was there. Uh, getting on to the Saturday slate, Texas A&M opens its season. At home against the Sam Houston State Bearcats with a K. Yeah. Uh, there's no line on that one because Sam Houston State, of course, is in the FCS. That game kicks off at 11 a.m. Central on the SEC Network. According to the ranked app, that has a matchup rating of 1.3 out of 5. So I don't think people are really looking forward to that game very much. No. I want to see A&M at some point, but this won't be the one that I, I want to see. Because we have other, game. other games to th- that day. We want to see Jimbo lose. We want to see Jimbo get so mad that he takes his glasses off at the bridge. You know what I'm talking about? He takes his glasses like are magnetized here at the nose and he pulls them apart like this. It's such a Jimbo move. <laughs> God, I hate that guy so much. All right. The big game. It's so personal. I know. I've never, ever made it personal at all. Uh, the big game well, this is my favorite game of the weekend. Uh, Arkansas playing host to the Cincinnati Bearcats. That's a two thirty game on ESPN. Uh, Arkansas is a six and a half point favorite in that bad boy with a matchup rating, according to the ranked app, of 3.6 down out of five, which is actually pretty dang good. Yeah. Um, again, should ESPN, be a really good game. Should yeah. be a really good game. Yeah. Interesting to me that you're going to have an ESPN game at 2.30. Yeah. Because they don't, CBS doesn't do anything until the U.S. opens over. Yeah. Well, you better get used to it, CBS. Yeah. <laughs> Days are over. Yeah, the, and the days of an ESPN two thirty game are probably um, probably coming. Just getting uh, started. Yep, my girls will be at this game. What's the what's the you said on the app? Is is it a weather forecast? Yeah, it says uh, cloudy and ninety one. Oh, it's gonna be hot. Yeah, yeah, it's of course it is, man. It's a hot hot area there. I think that Cincinnati's probably gonna be a step down from what they were. Neil, they lost a lot of dudes. They lost that quarterback, and they lost that awesome defensive back. That his name was like Slinky or Slimy or something like that. I Sauce Gardner, Saucy, yeah, he's Saucy, yeah, Saucy. So I'm taking Arkansas on that one, and I think they'll win by twelve. Yeah, I'm taking Arkansas laying the points as well. I, I think uh, I think Arkansas's got a chance to be pretty good. Not not win the West good, but I think they've got a chance to be a good team. I'm they, concerned about them. They've got some defensive line issues, but other than that, their roster's pretty solid. They got a third year quarterback with a third year coordinator and all that stuff. Sometimes those teams are pretty dangerous. Mm. Uh, the game that most people would tell you is the best SEC game of the year, of the week, excuse me, is Georgia against Oregon. It's a road game for Georgia, except it's in Atlanta. On the uh, ranked app, that's a 4.15 out of 5 matchup rating, so that's pretty dang good from a national perspective. That's going to be 230 on ABC, Neil McCready. Mm-hmm. Oregon is, I'm sorry, Georgia, I should say, is a 17-point favorite. I'm laying the points here. I, I know that's probably not popular with you, but. Georgia's really good, and I just – I don't know. I think Dane Lanning's going to do a really good job there, but he's walking in year one against a, a machine. Are they missing a lot, Oregon? I mean, I they got know. Bo Nix, so, I mean, you know they're going to be competitive on that side of the football, right? Yeah, I mean, they'll be competitive, but I don't – I mean, I hope Bo does well. I, I like Bo. I just – that Georgia team's loaded. They just have talent everywhere. I know they lost a ton of guys to the to the draft, but – you look up and like I was reading a mock draft today in the athletic and it had three or four Georgia guys, defensive guys in the first round. I mean, they, they're just reloading. I'm still going to take Oregon. I mean, not overall, but I think Oregon loses this game by 10 or 12, something like that. Okay. I think Dan Lanning is going to find a way to get them fired up. Uh, the next game on the slate is going to be the three o'clock game on the SEC network. This is Ole Miss playing host to the hated Troy Trojans. Everybody else hates them except for me. I love them. 
I got Ole Miss as a 21 and a half point favorite here with an over under of 57.5. I like the under. I think I do too. Also, 93 is the uh, expected temperature there in Oxford, Mississippi. And a matchup rating of 2.55 out of 5. What do you think? Uh, shoot. I, I've got Ole Miss winning by about 20, yeah. I think Troy would love to keep it to 10. Sure. So I'm going to take Ole Miss, yeah. I don't mind. I don't mind 21 and a half. I think I'm taking, the first game for, for yeah, John, you know. I think I'm taking Ole Miss and laying the points, but that's a big line because Troy's Troy's going to be a good Sunbelt team. They're going to fight, but yeah, for sure. I just think Lane's going to do some damage to that uh, Troy defense. Just my my take. Uh, the next game on the docket would be the Auburn Tigers playing host to the FCS Mercer Bears, a game that's going to be six o'clock on ESPN Plus. You know, it's really good when it's on ESPN Plus. <laughs> uh, forecast over here is rain. Uh, mid seventies for this kickoff. And uh, the ranked app has this as a matchup rating of 0.5. There's probably not many lower in the world for that one on that day. Um, No line, of course, because they're FCS. So I think Auburn wins this one, but in an unspectacular fashion, because I think the quarterback situation is unsettled. And I think the offensive line is unsettled. I took Mercer plus the 73 and a half. I feel super about it. I'm fired up. I wonder if Auburn's going to score 73 this month. Like in September, serious. Um, concerned about the offense. Uh, another interesting game that would be the next game on the docket, the one that everybody will be watching instead of tuning into this Auburn crap on the internet. I'm just saying it's a bad game. Uh, Florida and Utah. I should say Utah at Florida. The game that will be, will be contested in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium on the campus of University of Florida. Uh, Florida is a two and a half point dog in that one. Utah is ranked seventh currently, and again that will be on ESPN. Neil McCready. Should be really interesting to see because uh, Utah's this big physical team. They like to run it. Um, they've got a big offensive line. They've got a big kind of run-stopping defensive line. But it is such a weather ad- ad- adjustment from Salt Lake City to Gainesville yeah. in early September. Um, I-, I like Utah, and I like Utah to cover. But there's a little something nagging at me about this one that this is going to be one of those deals where we buy into the hype on a Pac-12 team and they they let you down quickly. Mm, this happened before. Uh, Kentucky takes on the mighty Miami, Ohio Red Hawks, Hawks. formerly known as the Redskins or the Fighting Wally Zerbiacs. Uh, Six o'clock on ESPN Plus. The, temp, uh, the forecast there is 74 and mostly sunny. UK is a 16 and a half point favorite on that bad boy, Neil McCready. I'm high on Kentucky. I've, I've said this for a while. Maybe I'll be, end up being wrong, but I'm I'm going to take Kentucky and lay the points here. I think Kentucky's going to be a really good team. Mm. This has a matchup rating of 2.25 out of 5, so that, that's more intriguing than I would have expected for a game between Kentucky and Miami. Miami's not horrible. Yeah, I guess somebody knows something there, that Miami's a little better than I thought they were. Uh, at 6.30, you got Alabama playing host to Utah State. No more Chucky Mullins. No, no Chucky, uh, what was that quarterback's name? Not Chucky Mullins. Mm-hmm. What was his name? He was like a five or six year starter at Utah State. His name was definitely Chucky. Anyway, he's gone finally. He's like 35 years old now. He just graduated like two years ago. Uh, it's going to be in Bryant Denny, 41.5. Alabama's a favorite. That's a lot of points right there. You know, Utah uh, State's been okay the last few years. I know they have been. You're right. And they've already won a game. So, yeah, they beat Connecticut. They played real badly out of the gate, fell down 14 to nothing, and then came back and won 31 to 20. Wow. Wow. You're like the Philip Marshall of uh, Utah State. I love it. <laughs> it's going to be 81 and raining up there at Tuscaloosa. Oh, well, if it's yeah. raining, if it's raining, I kind of like the points. That's that's a bunch of points. Yeah, it's got a matchup rating of 2.65 out of 5 on the ranked app. So that's way better than I would have thought. So yeah, maybe, maybe Utah State's got a little something there. Uh, your friends that were watching the Memphis News earlier, Mississippi mm-hmm. State plays host of the Memphis Tigers. Three suspects Another, have been detained, by the way. Just I know you were wondering. They, they've all been detained after they I left the I think he's going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. He's going to have a rough few days, I think. He might get punched in the, in the ass a couple times. I don't know. Maybe maybe somewhere on the other side of his body. Mississippi State playing host to Memphis. Mississippi State is a 16-point favorite in that game. That is going to be on ESPNU kickoff right at 630, Neil McCready. The state lost this game a year ago at Memphis, and it was kind of like a trendsetter for their year because their year sort of just never really fully recovered. And um, 
I, I think they get their revenge. I think they, I think they blow out Memphis. Uh, Sheriff Buford T. Justice would say, that's an attention getter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the South Carolina Gamecocks playing host of the Georgia State, uh, whatever they are, fighting whatever they are. Uh, I forgot what they are. Man. Oh, it's <laughs> Eagles? No, it's some kind of like a tiger or a lion or something like that. Oh, yeah. Is it? That might be the Panthers. Panthers. Yes, that's exactly what it is. You're right. Uh, South Carolina is a 12 and a half point favorite. ESPN plus 630 on Saturday night. I mean, I think South Carolina is going to crush them. I like Georgia State in the points. Uh, on Sunday night, you've got LSU versus Florida State. The 1-0 Florida State Seminoles, I might add. That game's going to be contested in the Superdome. Florida State is a three-and-a-half-point dog, so LSU gets mm-hmm. the a little favorable uh, action there for LSU, probably because they're kind of at home. That's going to be on ABC. Kickoff is at 6.30 again on Sunday, Neil McCready. Uh, I like LSU here. I, I don't know what it is about LSU. I've, I've been accused on my side of being hyping LSU. I just... I just have a feeling LSU is going to be a little better than people think it's going to be, and I don't think Florida State's very good. Okay. I mean, I would trust you on that. What about you? I don't know. You said earlier you have no idea what to expect from LSU, and that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> I just don't – I don't know. I, I have no idea. I, I tend to think that guy has no idea what he's doing, but whatever. I did want to mention uh, a lot of the good games in the SEC are in the SEC this weekend, but there's also a few that aren't. Uh, the top matchup rating on the ranked app is Ohio State Notre Dame, which is going to be Saturday at uh, 6:30 on ABC in Columbus. Ohio State is a 17 point favorite in that one. The number two ranked game is Oregon Georgia. Number three ranked game is Utah Florida. Number four is Arkansas Cincinnati, and the fifth best game of the weekend, according to users of this app, is West Virginia and Pitt. Oh, that's tomorrow night, Thursday night. That is Thursday night on ESPN, yeah. Seven and a half point favorite for the Pitt Panthers. The backyard brawl. That's actually a game. They don't like each other. I wouldn't mind seeing that game. There's also a game on uh, a Monday game. Clemson's playing Georgia Tech on Monday. Yeah. Seven o'clock, so lots of games this uh, long weekend. I'll be in the pool drinking at least one night. Yeah, I'm hoping the weather cooperates and I can do a little pooling on uh, Friday and then again on Sunday. That's that's the friends. our friends like to call it poolishness. Poolishness. <laughs> we engage in poolishness. Do you have a pool? Yeah. We've talked about Yeah. For, I don't know yeah. why. You never invited me to look at your pool. I always hang out in your house and drink your bourbon. I know that I disinvited you. I, no, I, no. I just didn't. I never got that far because I was working in your studio. And then yeah. I was drinking with uh, your wife and Avery and Neil. Uh, and then we went into the kitchen and then olives happened. And that was pretty much the you, end of the night for me. When you when you have work in front of you, you are very focused on said work. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and so by the time we finished the work, I don't. It was it was late. It was later than it probably should have been for me and you. Yeah, probably. The, so. other, the other folks are having a good time. Like, uh, well, at the time, I, he was the cockeyed lieutenant. He's not now. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. So anyway, okay. that was a good time. Good time had by all. Uh, well, hey, listen, man. When you engage in poolishness, is it just pretty much you and Laura? Or do you invite? Uh, your yachty friend, you you invite him, little yachty, <laughs> Johnny. Uh, Johnny's come over before. It, it's usually just us. It's usually oh, okay. it's usually pretty 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 tame. Do y'all just like actually get in the pool and just chat? Yeah, yeah, that's what we do too. Sure. So we don't have our own pool, but we can just take it over. It's no big deal. Yeah, we get in the pool, chat, have 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 a few drinks. These kids come to the gate, and I say, "Get out of here! This ain't your pool." <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't really do it. Oh, maybe I do, but I wouldn't really mean. I wouldn't be mean. Anyway, Neil, it's been a pleasure sharing the airwaves, the virtual airwaves with you for another hour. I have enjoyed it as well, Jay. Thanks to everybody for uh, being with us. This was 188, so we'll come back next Wednesday, get you ready for week two. Uh, who's Auburn have next week? Auburn's got another cupcake, and then they've got Penn State, right? Yeah, well, they've got – yeah, it's San Jose State, which does not sound very good, but these guys, they're West Coast coaches. It's Mike Riley and his guys out there, and oh. these Boise guys know them, and they're concerned, so – they, they're hunkering down for that one. All right, so they've got that one. Ole Miss will have Central Arkansas, so they'll have um, they'll have a cupcake. Ole Miss kind of is a cupcakey September, and then it gets real. But uh, we will we'll talk about that all next week on episode 189 of Greatest Pod in the South for JG Tate. I'm Neil McCready. Have a great weekend out there. Enjoy your holiday weekend. Be safe, and we'll talk to you again soon.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.